In today's Kelly Wellen podcast, we talk with 3M's Executive Vice President, Chief Information Officer, and Chief Digital Officer, Mark Murphy. Coming up next. How are you doing? How are you doing this morning? I'm outstanding. It's a beautiful morning. I took my dog for a nice long walk. It looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day here in Minnesota today. How about you? You know, really nice. I'm obviously to your east, about 20 miles, somewhere in there. And um, it was it was fo- really foggy, but a beautiful sunny fog this morning. And um, it's it's all burned off now, and it's it's looking like it's going to be a great day. Mark, getting into your role, people are always really interested in in how you got there, and and you've had great leadership roles. You've been with some companies that almost everybody's heard of before Abbott. St. Jude before that. Is what you did at those companies, has that prepared you for your new role at 3M or what What was your focus or how do you feel about that history and how it got you here? Well, I've been tremendously blessed from a career perspective with uh, the opportunity to work for great companies with great people and great experiences. I think everything you do in your career, you know, is additive and kind of um, you know, helps you get to where you eventually end up. And certainly that would be the case for me. There were deep technical experiences with some of the first couple companies that was in, you know, as an individual contributor that laid the foundation for technical knowledge. There was a, I got my MBA, which helped me pivot into the management side of the house. Great opportunities at a company called Guidant to, to start to lead people. Then, rotational experiences at St. Jude around ERP and living uh, internationally over in Belgium. And then, you know, the additive experience of being acquired and then becoming the CIO of Abbott Laboratories and huge company, a lot of different divisions, 100,000 employees supported around the world and huge scale opportunity. And that's a lot of what I carry forward into 3M, similar characteristics, 100 plus year company 100,000 employees and consultants around the world using our systems every day, around the clock, around the world. And so all those things kind of add up. And it doesn't mean that uh, you know exactly the answer when you come into a new company like 3M. Every company is a little bit different, but uh, gives you the foundation for starting to figure out what you need to do and where you need to focus. How much um, you traveled, you said you lived in, in Europe and, and you you kind of moved around the globe for a while. Was that with St. Jude or Abbott or, or both? Well, both, but started with St. Jude. It's kind of funny in my life. I, I think about it of, I had really never been outside of the country with the exception of maybe driving across the border in Canada when we would take a vacation when I was a child with my with my dad up in Northern Michigan, but, but I hadn't been outside the country until maybe I was uh, 30 years old. And then at St. Jude, global company rolling out SAP around the world, had the opportunity to travel all over the world that carried forward into Abbott and, you know, obviously similar characteristics at 3M. But uh, I've been blessed now with the, the chance to travel and learn different cultures. My family's been blessed with the opportunity to live abroad, which is a life changing experience. And so uh, it gives you a little bit of that travel travel bug, too. Sure. Was it was it hard to to go from living in the U.S. till you're 30 to to going to Europe and around the globe? Did you find that hard, or was it something that came fairly natural to you? 
you know, the first couple times you do it, you, you know, you learn a lot, you make some mistakes in terms of what you pack and, you know, the size of suitcase you take with you when you realize you got to lug it for blocks and blocks on cobblestone roads across, across Europe. You don't take a, <laughs> you don't take a huge suitcase that you got to lift on and off trains or, or, or buses or whatever. So you, you learn some things in that, but then you, you know, you get more and more familiar with it and you get uh, more acclimated to different people and different languages and cultures and how you shop and travel. And, and then it becomes just, just natural, but you know, either that we, we learn with everything we do. Right. And so certainly there were some learnings there uh, for me and for the family as we, as we kind of navigated that. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same way. Of course, I didn't travel until I was about that same age and we love Europe now, um, but certainly wouldn't have, ever thought in my dreams that I'd be able to travel to Europe and, and have some of those experiences, which is, which are great. Um, yeah. I mean, they're life-changing, right? I mean, yeah. you, well, you don't have right. an appreciation for what the rest of the world has to offer and all the things. And, you know, certainly I know one of the things that we learned is that uh, our worldview wasn't broad enough. And when you're in the States and you think a certain way, but you know, you really want to be able to relate to all the different, uh, cultures around the world, the different dynamics. There's a lot of wonderful people all around the globe, everywhere I've been. Oh yeah, definitely. I've had, I had a story once, uh, maybe I'll share it. Uh, we traveled to Japan. There were four of us, four gentlemen traveling to Japan. We landed late, took the train into the city. You kind of get out in the middle of the city. There's skyscrapers everywhere that you have a Japanese address for the hotel you're trying to go to. We're all wandering around with our suitcases. It's dark out. We're clearly lost. And a and an elderly lady came up, and she couldn't speak English, but we pointed to the hotel, and she literally walked with us for probably what had to have been almost a mile to take us to the hotel. <laughs> and this is an elderly lady. Here we are, four younger gentlemen, Americans, clearly suitcases. She doesn't know us at all. And she walked us all the way there. And so they're just all that you, so you do, you meet wonderful people, giving people as you travel around. That was a, I'll never forget that. You guys might've been sleeping on the Japanese street corner that night, had it not been for her. Oh my goodness. We'd wandered for hours. <laughs> it, uh, hard to, it, uh, hard to talk to the taxi drivers when you can't speak Japanese. Well, you learned that you need to print out directions in Japanese because they don't often, they don't speak English. So uh, they, again, another learning of going to different places and how you prepare for your trip. Um, now, those companies that you worked for, well-known brands, but but 3M really is an iconic global brand, and they're very diverse in what they offer. Has it been a transition coming to a company like 3M that has such a wide portfolio of products? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful company. You don't appreciate everything that 3M does. We like to say that at any point in time, you're no more than a than a meter or two away from a 3M product uh, at any point in your life, whether that's in your cell phone, on your TV, in your car, you know, in the airplane, you go on and on and on. We touch everything. What's interesting is 3M's got a big healthcare business. We'll probably talk about that in a minute, which is a little bit more of the area I was had a lot more background in, but then we're a big consumer and industrial business where we we make abrasives and films and coatings and and these Scotch different tape. things. Yeah, Scotch tape, post-it notes. I mean, those are the ones we're known for, but you don't appreciate that 
you know, we do a lot of work. We're in a lot of the AR and VR headsets, most of them, quite honestly. We're in most of your TVs. We're in most of your cell phones. We're we're in, you know, most of the electric vehicles that are out there. You know, the displays in your car, you know, we help those things. You think about your, your TV displays in your car, and they have to be able to, you have to be able to see those, whether it's super bright during the day or dark at night. And we do a lot of the films on top of that that allow allow that to happen. Yeah. My daughter has an old beater of a car. She's in college and, and uh, her headlights have a whole bunch of haze on them. And so it's getting difficult to drive at night. I can't see it all, but of course my eyes aren't as good as hers. But so I went and got a, uh, a kit to try to clear up her, her headlights. And it's a 3M kit. It's a 3M, you know, hazing kit for uh, front lights on a car. So yeah, you well, are, you know, you, the, you got the hazing kits. I mean, we own Meguiar's, which is a, you look at car care products and most people don't associate 3M with the Meguiar's brand, but we own that. I mean, you, I mean, we came out, we, we have some really cool stuff that we came out. We have some new cushion lock packaging that's all sustainable uh, packaging. And so you think about how you, we historically wrap fragile items up in bubble wrap and package that and ship it. And you think about the world and plastic. Well, we, we came up with a product that's paper-based, fully sustainable, that has the same, if not better, protective characteristics. Uh, and so just all that kind of innovation that 3M's known for um, makes it uh, really exciting. Yeah. You recently announced that the healthcare division is going to spin off, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's historic for us. If you think about a 120-year-plus company, and you know, it's, a, it's not often that you spin off what will be one of the probably top five healthcare med tech companies, public companies uh, in the world. And so we have the opportunity to go spin off and launch a $9 billion healthcare business, standalone public uh, public company. So that's uh, to, tremendously exciting. It's uh, We announced that a couple of weeks ago, and obviously we have a lot of people starting to lean in and figure out what that's going to mean. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of challenging, exciting work, but uh you know, you get to, it's, it's really cool to be a part of something where we're going to go launch that and, you know, get to, get to kind of watch them go and, and, uh, and flourish out to, in the market with all the exciting products and, and services that they provide through that business. From your part of that on the technology side, um, how daunting, you know, you, you refer to it as exciting and, and a great opportunity. And it sounds like it is for the company, but it has to be also daunting when you get that news that that you have to, you know, take your scissors and, and cut out a nine, eight or nine billion dollar business line. What comes to mind right away when when you get that news from, you know, the CEO or if you heard it from the, the, the public relations wire, however that came about? Is there do you have a plan in mind at a high level right when you get that news or not? Well, it's that's what's it's kind of what's interesting, you know, now being able to comment in, on it after it's public is I, I had I knew I had a little bit of a heads up on it before it became public. And you want to go plan everything out. But the reality is on something that's as sensitive as that, you can't really engage anybody. And so you just kind of have to sit there and wait and obviously get your mind thinking about, well, what would we do about this? What would we do about that? But you know, when you can't really lean into your team and your domain experts to help figure it out, there's only so far you can take it. But, uh, you know, post announcement, obviously several things come to mind first, 
and foremost is the team. If you think about it, uh, team, people, the existing business that we have, we have a book of business that we have to run healthcare and uh, the uh, other parts of 3M that we have to continue to deliver on our quarter over quarter objectives and expectations. And so first and foremost is emphasizing that uh, while this is exciting and this is where we're going to head, you know, day one, it's business as usual. Focus on what you've been doing. Your job doesn't change today. Nothing changes. So that's, you know, point one. But then the second part of it is what tends to happen in these things is everybody starts to to anticipate and solve problems when we're not sure we even know the questions yet. And so when people, you know, I don't know if it's human behavior or what happens, but when these big announcements come out and there's a lot of ambiguity about what's going to happen and what it's going to mean, what's it going to mean for me? What's it going to mean for my job? Am I going to be in healthcare? Am I going to be in 3M? Am I, you know, things like that. It, uh, you know, a lot of people, have a hard time with that and they want answers and, you know, they want answers immediately. And the reality is you don't have them yet. You know, we'll we'll go through and we'll take months and months of planning before we actually start executing on a lot of the separation work. And so it's, so then you have to be out there and communicating often and connecting with your teams and your people and reassuring folks and keeping them focused on, on, you know, business as usual, but it's a, you know, that's that's one of the, the watch out areas in something like this, which is it can turn into a little bit of a of a, you know, kind of a looping cycle where you are focused a little bit more on, you know, what's it mean and, you know, questions you can't answer yet versus the job you've got in front of you. It sounds like you focus uh, like a lot of your focus and emphasis is on the people side. You know, you didn't talk a lot about technology there. I mean, you're, you're talking a lot about making sure people are feeling good about their roles and there's continuity in the culture. Is that the majority of your focus in an effort like this? And the technology, of course, is important, but it's that's second on the list for you, or are they pretty pretty even? Well, I think I've always found in my career, it's interesting as a, as a tech leader, tech is almost always the easier part of what we do. You know, you can figure out most of your tech challenges, but but having good people, motivated people, engaged people that go above and beyond and will help figure out the questions that need to be answered and figure out how to answer those questions and feel like they're engaged and you know they're they're a part of it. I mean it's always that's always the most important part. You know, it's a and that's always where I've I've focused, especially as I've gone into my leadership roles. You know, first and foremost to me is creating a high performing team. And if you have a high performing team where everybody works well across, where one team focused outward, not inward, you know, complementing each other, being able to have constructive debate, but not but keeping it professional and not making it personal. If you have a high performing team, you can do about anything. And those, and typically if you, you know, so to me, I always, I'm always looking for that because it's the, the coolest things I've done in my career, the neatest experiences, the, the, the biggest successes and kind of the greatest satisfactions come from taking a, a team that's a well, high performing team and applying it to a challenge and a problem statement that's not easy for most people to figure out and then getting it done. And whether that's an SAP implementation, whether that's a digital rollout of a new product during COVID, you know, just you can go on and on. And this will be the same case here of you got the right team, 
we'll do it. It'll be a tremendous success. But without the team, it's uh, it's hard to achieve, uh, you know, kind of the greatness you you want uh, on something like this. Mark Murphy, Executive Vice President, Chief Information Officer. I really appreciate your time this morning. You are listening to the Kelly Winlet Podcast. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Have a wonderful day. You too, Mark. Mark.